and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. That's right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Best Seat in the House podcast. I'm your host, Rob Kramer. And as you can see, I'm in hell because the Phillies are in the World Series alongside my co-host, Daniel Bobo Perlin, who's also in hell because the Phillies are in the World Series. Dan, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing fine, bro. One thing, I'm just glad I didn't have to stomach seeing game, even flipping through the channels, seeing game one of the World Series because... As you can see by the shirt, shirt, I was at the, I was at a concert. Yes, yes, you're. Uh, now, what what was the name of this band again? They're 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 called they're called Bandmade. Oh, that's right, that's right. At at, yeah. at Irving Plaza, right? At Irving Plaza. And by the way, they're a real talented rock band over that they came that that are from from over they came all the way from Japan to perform, and they, they are just I mean just. Just look at one of the videos on YouTube, and you'll fall down the rabbit hole like I did when Twitter <laughs> Peeps was mentioning them. I just decided to just one type in the search, and I just fell down that rabbit hole. And I said, "I like this band that much that I'm going to go see them next time they're performing in New York. I'm going to see them live." And a couple of months ago, in a I think around maybe March, maybe February, tickets went on sale for. For that con- for that concert on the twenty eighth of, of October at Irving Plaza, and I just bought bought a ticket and went, and it was well worth it. Even though my feet are a little bit tired, ta- were a little bit tired the next day because Irving Plaza, as for those of you who don't know, it's a standing venue. Mm-hmm. So I had to I had to stand up that whole concert, but damn it, it was worth it. Hey, that's the name of the game, man. As long as you had a good time and uh, the band played great, that's awesome. And like you said, you had a great distraction uh, for game one of the World Series that night as uh, Justin Verlander, unfortunately for us, went out and blew a 5 nothing lead. Um, you know, we'll, uh, uh, you know, we might as well just jump into it now, man. What are your thoughts on the World Series so far? I mean, Philly's up 2-1 in the series. They're coming off a big 7 nothing win. As we're recording this right now, uh, the game uh, four is just about to start. So, you know, I guess we'll react a little bit to that as it's going on. But well, interesting start, World Series. I'll start with game one, which I did catch the I catch the end. I did catch the end of when, when I was on the Uber. I was on an Uber home and I also caught the rest of the game. And I, and, I, and I was able to still and it was still going on when I got home. So I, I have to say that looks like. I was a fan of one of the two teams in the World Series. I would prob I would prob I would have probably been on the edge of my seat had my Mets were in that World Series. But that they weren't teams. I well well maybe maybe Philly. I was baby rooting against because I because I can never root. For, I, I I have a hard time rooting for a team from Philadelphia. Not to not 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 to disrespect the city. I got respect for the city, but it's just hard for me to root for a team from Philadelphia. But I was uh, I, I was watching the, I was watching that game, and it just reminded me how great the old extra inning rules were. 
because it just led to these moments that it was a just a hard fought game. And uh, of course, of course, as we know, Philly prevailed on that one. I believe six one, if I'm correct. Well, in uh, in um, yesterday they ended up winning seven nothing, but they won six five in uh, in game because because you know the, the the Astros in game one had that five nothing lead, and uh, boy, that uh, five nothing lead evaporated quickly. You know, what are your thoughts on Justin Verlander? I mean, Justin Verlander is no doubt about it. Uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer. The guy is one of the best pitchers of this generation. But, man, his World Series numbers are just really, really bad. I believe that he's 0-4 or 0-5 with an ERA well over 6. So, uh, you know, what do you think? Do you think it's just the circumstances and just facing really good teams in the World Series? Or do you think maybe he gets a little anxious? Maybe he – I think he gets a little extra anxious during the World Series, I feel. Mm-hmm. I feel I just feel like he gets a little extra anxious the World Series. Also, I know that also maybe they were facing a tough team, but he just looked a little extra anxious in the World Series, Justin Verlander. Yeah, yeah no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, game two, of course, we know Houston won. And then just uh, – I guess you could say game three was a was a game game three was a blowout seven seven nothing. Yep, yep. And man, you know, I'm telling you right now, going into that game yesterday, uh, game three where it was Ranger Suarez going against Lance McQuellers, I thought if you would have told me come into the game that there was going to be one of the two starting pitchers was going to get lit up and allow five home runs. I would have picked Ranger Suarez every freaking time. Uh, and now don't get me wrong. I have very much respect for Ranger Suarez. Uh, not only did I see him dominate our Mets a couple of times this season. I know he did have one rough outing in there, but he had a couple of pretty good outings against the Mets this year. Um, you know, not only did we see that, but we also saw him pitch very well earlier in this postseason. Um you know, I think he had one bad start too, but you know, for the most part, he's been he's been pretty effective for Philadelphia this run. And man, I just I cannot believe how well he pitched yesterday, and and even more so too. I can't believe that uh, they took him out so early in that game too. I thought they were going to leave him in a little bit longer than that. They ended up getting Kyle Gibson in there later in the game to uh, eat up some innings when it, when it, the blowout was really on. But uh, you know, they, I but the bottom line is. You can't question Rob Thompson. Every single button the guy pushes has been the right button, and can't take that away from him. Yeah, who who would have thought that a team that finished third in the NL East would be in the World Series? It's crazy, man. Now you know. Now that you just mentioned that too, let let me give you this angle because now since 2015, every single team in the National League East has been in the World Series except for the Marlins. Uh, you know, obviously the Mets in 15 against the Royals, the uh, Nationals in 19 against the Astros, the Braves last year against the Astros, and now the Phillies this year against the Astros. Um, now, I know this is going to be tough for us Mets fans to talk about, but the one thing that really gets me about this is that those those Astros teams, 19 last year and this year, are all better 
than the 2015 Royals team that the Mets lost to. Um, that's the that really gets under my skin. And I'm not saying the Royals were a bad team. Hey, the Royals beat the Blue Jays. The Royals beat the Astros also that year. The The Royals earned their keep there. And they almost beat the Giants the year before in the World Series. So the, the Royals were on a mission. Um, but that Royals team was nothing like this Astros team. The Astros are way more talented than the, the Royals. And to me, now seeing the Nationals, the Braves, and hopefully not the Phillies, it's just rubbing more salt in the wound for me of that 2015 World Series loss because it screams to me even more that the Mets should have won that series. The Mets were a better team than the Royals that year. They had better pitching. They had more, maybe not, you know, stringing hits together type hits, but the Mets had a a deeper lineup than them. The Mets should have won that series, and just each team winning – in our division since then has just been more suited, uh, you know, salt in the wound for me. Yep. I, I feel, I feel the same way. And that 2015 world series, I just feel like, I just feel like there was too many errors made in big spots. We had every one of those games were close. Felt like we, we won. And yep. it's which, like, I just feel like they shouldn't have, have left Harvey in that, not that ninth. I just oh, feel dude, it, I just it, feel there was so many things. Oh, I'm sorry, what are you saying? I just feel like he should have just went with Familia in the fifth. And I feel that World Series may have extended a bit longer. Might have been talking about an epic World Series that got to a to, to a game seven and a classic come from behind Mets championship win, it could have been. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, dude, it, it shouldn't have even been a come from behind. Because they blew game one terribly. I mean, you know, there's no way that the Mets should have lost that game one. Uh, even with the way it started out with, with Cespedes kicking that ball, the Mets were still in position to win that game in the ninth inning. And Familia just threw one of the two worst pitches he's thrown as a Met, the home run to Alex Gordon or the three-run shot to Connor Gillespie the next year. Take your pick. It's, it's either one. Uh, and Alex Gordon taking him deep in game one. As soon as he hit that home run, you just knew that it was only a matter of time. And then the game that me and you were sitting next to each other for at Anthony's Halloween party that year, uh, the uh, watching the game in the basement there with Daniel Murphy letting that ball go through his legs. Uh, one of them, that is honestly, and it's crazy to think that I witnessed that where I did, but that is one of the most awful heartbreaking moments of my entire life as a Met fan watching that ball go through Daniel Murphy's legs because the Mets not winning that game four pretty much sealed their fate. And just like you said, Harvey, you know, pitched his heart out. And maybe if Terry Collins took him out and put a familiar in that ninth inning, maybe we would have seen DeGrom start game six in Houston. And just like you said, maybe it would have started one of those, those crazy Met comebacks, but Boy, uh, just looking back on it, just uh, so many missed chances. And when you see what the Phillies have done and what the Braves did last year and what the Nationals did the year before that, it just makes me shake my head. Yeah, it, it does. I just I just hope we're the next NL, NL East team to, to win a World Series. Just badly hope so. I just, I just have this gut feeling that 
by 2024, we're winning a championship. The moment Steve Cohen bought the team, I said it. By 2024, we're going to see the Mets going to have to make room for a third championship trophy in the museum area at City Field. And for those of you who aren't familiar, never been to City Field, there's a museum in the ballpark, and that's where they have the two World Series trophies. Of course, obviously, if they went, if they win another one, let's hope, let's hope to make room for another one. Yeah, let's hope they got to do some redecorating there, just like you said in the uh, Mets Hall of Fame exhibit that they have at City Field, which is really great, by the way. You should definitely get out and check it out if you haven't yet. Um, but you know, that is our thoughts on on the World Series. You know, be before we move on, because who knows this the series could be over by the next time we do our next show are you still uh s- sticking with your pick coming into this do, do you think that the astros are going to come back or do you think that uh the phillies um you know are uh are too hot to stop right now um i'm sticking with my pick in houston because they seem like a team that seems to always stay in it yeah I'm, I'm with you on that i'm sticking with my pick too uh i originally picked astros in six so, I mean, there's a chance that that could still happen. The Astros could are a great team. They won over 100 games for a reason. Um, they have every chance in the world to go out there and rip off three straight wins against the Phillies. But to be honest, I really feel like this game, like, like this series is going seven. And I hope I'm wrong because that, <laughs> that would really suck <laughs> sitting there watching Philly that close to a World Series. But I just have that feeling that it's going to go seven. Yep, that is, and the bars are going to love that one. No doubt about that. Like the bars in both cities, both Houston and Philly, they are rooting for a game seven because they get maximum customers showing up at the bar. So it's more money for the bars in those two respective cities. And maybe some bars in in New York, because I noticed that here in New York, sometimes some cities have their own bars. Because you got fans that grew up in other cities, so I know for sure there's a. I think I recall hearing about a Philadelphia bar in New York, but I know I know of course we of course a lot of us New Yorkers know there's like a Boston bar in New York, but I'm almost mm-hmm. positive Philadelphia bar in a in a in in New York that I heard someone from Philly at at one of my old jobs talk about. So so I imagine that bar probably is hoping for a game seven. Because they know they'll get everyone from everyone who grew up in Philly is probably going to go to that bar. Well, no doubt about it. And also, too, uh, they're going to be really packed tomorrow night. Because tomorrow night, I mean, if the Phillies win tonight, the Phillies will have a chance to clinch the World Series tomorrow night, uh, which is Thursday for us. Uh, you know, obviously, if you're seeing this, it'll be uh, Thursday, the game that you're about to watch tonight. And, um, the crazy thing, especially if you're if you're going to that Philly bar, that you'll have a chance to watch the Eagles play on Thursday night football, and watch uh, the um, the uh, the Phillies have a, a the chance to clinch a World Series. So that's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I just I just wait wait a minute. I noticed something. I I've, I've been to I've seen the Mets on the road in Philly before, and I know all the teams are in the same neighborhood. Is Philadelphia? Mm-hmm. Before I comment, what's that? Say that one more time. Are the Eagles at home on Thursday? Uh, that's a good question. I 
don't think they are, but I'm not a hundred percent positive. Yeah, if they are, that's gotta be a, gonna be a crazy packed. Uh, that's gotta be a. That's gotta be gonna be a real traffic jam in Philadelphia. I could imagine. Well, they lucked out because I just checked, and it's actually in Houston against the Texans. <laughs> they they got lucky on that though because like you said that would have been a real bad traffic jam with those stadiums being right next to each other in the same parking lot. Yeah, exactly. Plus, plus that I think I think that I think the cops are going to have enough would would have enough sh- trouble on their hands potentially having to deal with a, a Philadelphia team winning a championship because we all know how that goes. They'll they seem to not not. They seem to think that destroying a, destroying someone's car is a good thing, which it isn't because you're just increasing somebody's insurance. I'm I'm pretty sure the insurance rates in Philadelphia are high because of that because of that reputation. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me, man. That wouldn't surprise me. And uh, you know, the uh our friends down in Philadelphia definitely love their property damage uh, when their teams win. And right now, just like we, you know, we mentioned the Eagles, the Eagles are seven and zero, the uh, going for eight and zero tomorrow night as we speak. Um, you know, and while we're talking about this right now, let's move on to football. We'll, we'll start off with your giants and we'll save the disgrace. That is my New York jets uh, for right after this. But uh, so, okay. Your, your giants go up to, uh, uh, Seattle to play the Seahawks. Obviously, Seattle's a very tough place to play. They've been overperforming this year to what people have expected, especially with the you know Geno Smith as their quarterback. Um, what were your expectations going out there? And uh, do you? I mean, like I see a lot of Giants fans, um, you know, just kind of shaking off this loss because it's a it's a, it's it's a tough loss to swallow, but. It, it's not the worst loss in the world, right? It, it was it was a tough one. I mean, I just felt like that whole game was winnable. They were they kept playing the game close, and the real big factor that may have cost us the game was not one but two fumbles by Richie James. Yep. Thank that's God, the big, that's the big blow. Oh, I. I, I cannot tell you how much I was yelling at the TV on a late Sunday afternoon. Like I was like, I don't know how my remote survived that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was, I was looking at, I was able to be a little bit more cheerful after the game because shortly after the Rangers game started, and that was a little bit more of a happier outcome. No doubt about it. Our Rangers have definitely been on a little bit of a roll lately, which we'll get into at the end of the show. But uh, yeah, that was definitely <laughs> for, for me too. After after my team crapped out again, so that was definitely a nice save job by the Rangers there. But you know, though, I I did want to say, uh, you know, the Giants started off so good this year, six and one. Obviously, they're six and two now after that tough loss, twenty seven thirteen in Seattle. Um, you know, but the fact of the matter is, the Giants are still six and two. They're tied for second place with Dallas in their division. Um, 
And and now they have a bye week, which I think this bye week couldn't have come at a better time for the Giants because now it gives them a chance to sit back, reflect on how great of a first half they've had. I mean, I guess it's not technically a half now because football is not 16 games anymore, almost half point in the season. And, uh, you know, the, the Giants have had a great first half. They're a well-coached team. Um, you know, they have one of the top playmakers in football right now and Saquon Barkley playing healthy. Daniel Jones isn't turning the ball over. And guess what? You come out of the bye week going into Houston, who's a terrible team, and the Giants should be able to come out of that seven and two, right? You got to be pretty confident going into that game. Yep, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident going into this game that it's gonna be, it's gonna be a nice little easy win. And uh, it, this week, I'm just gonna, as always, what happens during these bye weeks? I got to remember that. Oh yeah, that's right. This is their bye week this week. This week. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just, just give yourself those uh, mementos to remember by. <laughs> Yeah, 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 because because it, it's happened in the past where I forgot, and then I tune to the channel, and uh, mm-hmm. and then I forget, then I forget. Oh yeah, that's right, they're off this week. Yeah, and you know, j- just like we talked about uh, when we were breaking down the Giants' schedule, like you knew there was going to be a letdown in there somewhere, and having that letdown in Seattle is not the worst thing in the world. I mean, you know, the league is going to catch up to you eventually. Now it's just the the Giants adjusting their game. You know, and Pete Carroll is a very, very good head coach. I, I hear people discount Pete Carroll's, uh, you know, and not give him the credit he deserves. Pete Carroll is a great head coach, not just a good head coach, a great head coach. Um, you know, when he was the coach of my team 25, 30 years ago, when he was a very young man, maybe he, he wasn't the same coach then. But after his time in USC and being in the NFL, winning a Super Bowl, going to two Super Bowls, we see how good of a coach he is. And then when you even look at Russell Wilson now, look at Russell Wilson when he's not in this Pete Carroll system. Nobody thought anything about Russell Wilson when he came in the NFL. And Pete Carroll turned him into a quarterback that has, you know, over a $100 million contract now. And, um, he, I, and I think that Pete Carroll had a lot to do with his success. And I'm not saying that Russ still can't have a couple of good years out there in, the, in Denver, but it's not going to be as easy in that system. And I think we see the, the benefit of that with, with a Geno Smith, right? Yeah, exactly. I know, I know it's probably got to make jet fans cringe. How he, uh, he, he, he's doing well after he was with them. <laughs> I have nothing against Pete Carroll. You know, I was a little kid when he was the jets head coach. He, he's really him and Kotite are really the first two jet head coaches that I remember. Fortunately, Kotite, um, <laughs> But, you know, the uh, the thing is, too, um, that I have more animosity from Pete Carroll being a Notre Dame fan and <laughs> having the USC and Notre Dame butt heads all the time. I'll never forget that Matt Leinart game where uh, in 2005, uh, Matt Leinart and the uh, the uh, Trojans from USC just barely beat um, Brady Quinn and the, uh, the Charlie Weiss coached. Notre Dame fighting Irish. That was a very tough loss. I'll never forget that. But uh, I give all the credit in the world to Pete, to Pete Carroll. He's a great head coach. I, I wasn't sure how it was going to um, go with him coming back from the NCAA to the NFL. And, man, he's been back over a decade, and he's been a great head coach ever since, right? 
Yep, exactly. He won what he he was a part of. He was a part of the Super Bowl. That was the first time a Super Bowl happened outdoors. The elements. True, true. Our uh, uh, in in our own backyard at MetLife. <laughs> Ended up by luck with tickets to that game because I don't know how a friend of my mother's got these, but she didn't want them, so I just took them. And I just I just took my sister, <laughs> and uh, I did. It, it was like weird attending a football game. I didn't have any rooting interest in it, but mm-hmm. but still, oh, always cool to go to a Super Bowl. Finding one in the last minute, so I just took my sister because my sister was a fan of the act performing at halftime. So I said, "Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll take Shannon." So so it's like we went, we went, and uh, by the way, New, New Jersey Transit. Really needs to up needed to up their game on that. Then they do they they didn't prepare for the return trip. Oh, for the uh, of course you, you have to expect that. <laughs> right. Oh my god! And, and uh, it, uh, also maybe they maybe they need to get a better bus network. With New Jersey Transit's messed up with their bus network. Oh, uh, that would help too. That would help too. <laughs> yeah, but and, and, and what's and that? But, be a little careful with cabs in New Jersey because they're swindlers. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. They'll, they'll always take advantage of you if they, if they get the opportunity. Yeah, you are like linger longer. <laughs> yeah, if, if if you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you remember, <laughs> felt like I was, uh, I was literally extorted by a cab driver in New Jersey. I remember that. Who whose show was that? Was that a, a Jim Brewer show? Maybe. No, it was I think I was on my way to see Bob Levy or something like that, and the cab driver. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I I do remember that. That was Bob Levy, right? Yeah, that that cab driver just charged me way too much. I felt. Yeah, no, he definitely did. I remember the the whole fallout from that, and uh, it was very cool. Uh, I I I remember Bob stepping in and doing the right thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, he did 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 a great job helping make sure that I. Uh, yeah, they, Bob Bob Levy's a great guy, no doubt about it. Threw me over, and for that point on, I just I I'll, I'll I use Uber in New Jersey because at least mm-hmm. I know not the Uber is not going to screw me. Oh, even though now the price gouging become a little bit well, you know what I mean, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and you know, right. speak. Uh, and you know, sp- speaking of Bob Levy too, just want to give a shout out to him. Uh, you know, if you have a, a chance, check out his uh, podcast Levy Land. He also does uh, uh, Misery Loves Company with Kevin Brennan, and also a really funny show that they do now uh, called the Uncle Rico Show, where uh, him, uh, Bob Levy, Shuli, and uh, Mike Morris, another very funny comedian, <laughs> make fun of Stuttering John. So, if uh, you want to have a good laugh, check those guys out. And Dan, actually, be, before we move on from the Giants, I do want to bring up one last thing. Did you hear they were talking to Geno Smith after the game? And the uh, reporters were tr- basically trying to get Geno to say something bad about the Giants. And I thought it was such a classy, classy move where Geno Smith, he could have taken the bait. He could have ripped the Giants. He could have ripped the Jets, too. He could have ripped every former team that he's been bouncing around on for the last few years. And what he said 
is all I want to do, I, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here because I forget his exact quote, but basically what he said is I just want to give credit and, uh, you know, uh, to um, uh, Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese for having me on the roster and taking the time and signing me and, and giving me, you know, pretty much putting food on my table for, you know, however long he was with the Giants, a couple of years. So I thought that was a really, really classy move by him because he could have, you know, taken a shot, which, you know, would have been understandable, but very classy move by Gino, right? Yeah, exactly. Because at, at that time when he was on the Giants, he was pretty much signed on as a backup quarterback. So, yeah, I kind of had to take it for what it is. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like a backup quarterback might not be on a team for maybe more than a year or so. Exactly. Exactly. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, so, all right. And, you know, I, I don't want to spend uh, much time on it <laughs> because it's a, uh, it's very annoying, but the uh, l- let's get to my jets real quick. Um, what a disgrace of a performance they had. Uh, they lost this uh, game 22, 17 to uh, the new England Patriots at home. Um, you can't lose this game. You can't lose this game. It was a, they had they were, they were up 10-3. Um, you know, Zach Wilson was okay in the first half, looked terrible in the second half. The Jets' offensive game plan was terrible. They only ran the ball 15 times. They had Zach Wilson drop back 41 times. This wasn't a blowout. They weren't down by 20 points at any, at, at any point in the game. You know, why is Zach Wilson throwing 41 times in this game? And you're only running the ball 15. I know that you lost Brees Hall, and you and you're not fascinated by the run anymore. But just terrible, terrible decision making by the Jets' offensive play callers. And um, you know, also I I did want to bring up too that look. And I know people, you know, people are going to call me, uh, you know, a, a Jets uh, apologist. I think that that John Franklin Myers, um, there was a rough in the passer call right at the end of the first half where John Franklin Myers got flagged for um, it was a late flag, by the way, a very late flag where he gets flagged for a late hit on uh, the, on the quarterback, um, you know, Mac Jones. And before that, you know, play that, that even happened, the ball was intercepted by Michael Carter, the second, the Jets defensive back who was on his way to take it back all the way for a pick six, the Jets would have had a 17 to three lead. They would have been cruising for the rest of that game. I'm not saying they would have won, but they would have been looking pretty good. And this, this, uh, um, you know, what, what they called a uh, roughing the passer call, which, by the way, when Salah asked the referee, um, you know, what was the problem with, with, with that hit, the referee didn't say that he hit the quarterback too late. Which, okay, if, if it's by the referee's definition, he hit the quarterback too late, you can't argue with that. I still disagree, but you can't argue with that. He said that he hit the quarterback too hard. Too hard. We're in the NFL. So if it wasn't too late, what are you flagging him for? I, I don't know, Dan. I, I, that drove me crazy. I know the Jets played like crap in the second half, and this loss is fully on the Jets, but I hate when the referees insert themselves in these games, which they do all the time, every week, 
you see a game changed because of a terrible referee call. Um, so a 17-3 game ends up being a 10-6 game because they kicked a field goal after that. And then that, that was uh, the end of any hope the Jets had. They end up going on to lose 22-17. Uh, I just get that off my chest therapeutically. <laughs> what did you well, think when you saw this? I was I looked at a little bit of the game, and I just kept thinking, oh, my God, my co-host, uh, my friend, <laughs> Friend Robert, he's going to be upset by by this. I could, I know he's going to be upset. I could even hear, I could even hear in my own head, uh, Joe Beningo's voice. Yes. The end. Another thing I got to say about the refs making bad calls. Remember, if you have a daughter, do not let her date an umpire or a referee. You are right about that, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, boy, that uh, that call completely changed the game. And um, you know, hey, it's on the Jets to overcome bad referee calls. But uh, you know that their terrible second half sunk them. But that call by the referees did not help. And th- the thing I did want to bring up too is that I think a big part of this because the Jets don't get calls every single week. I I, I hate being the guy that cries about the referees. But the Jets don't get calls every week. And at this point, they haven't really earned it yet. You know, these referees don't care about the Jets. They think nobody cares about the Jets. The Jets barely have any fans in, in their view. But, you know, I, I remember a couple, of year, a couple of weeks ago, Brees Hall took a shot about 10 yards out of bounds but by the Packers. No flag. Zach Wilson gets drilled later than Mac, Mac Jones got drilled. No flag. You know, I, things like that just drive me nuts. Um but the Jets have to be better than that. You have to overcome it in the NFL. And this week, they were not able to overcome it. Uh, Zach Wilson threw three terrible interceptions. I can't. They have to get this kid to stop throwing off his back foot because when he's throwing those passes up there, man, me or you could make that interception, right? Yeah, exactly. My grandmother could make that inter- interception. And. <laughs> Like up there in age, all right. And my and my grand, I'm in my. I, I feel like my grandmother has. I feel like health wise, she's holding up well because because trust me, my grandma, my grandmother is walking. I saw, I, I I've seen her walk to the supermarket to do food shopping. So even my grandmother could have made those interceptions. <laughs> oh yeah, no doubt about it, man. If 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 your grandmother can walk, she could have made those picks because those inter- those passes were just terrible. They were terrible, terrible passes. And, you know, a lot of that, too, is on the Jets coaching because um, they have to take those plays out of his repertoire. And you know what? Much like the Giants have done a fantastic job. I cannot talk about the job that Dayball has done enough with this Giants team. And another thing, too, working with his offensive coordinator, they really have tailored the the, uh, offense to Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones's athletic ability to run. That's what the Jets have to do. They have to tailor their offense to that. Get Zach Wilson running. Don't be afraid of him getting hurt. Injuries happen in the NFL. If you, you know, you, you just can't let Zach Wilson sit back there. He's not a pocket passer. You know, get him out of the pocket. Have him making plays. Have him using his legs. That's, in my opinion, that's the best way for the Jets to, to move forward because, uh, you know, they, they have a tough test ahead of them now. I mean, let's be honest here. The Jets are playing Buffalo 
on Sunday. And that's not going to be easy. Buffalo is probably the best team in football right now, right? Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Who knew we we he'd be saying that about about Buffalo, <laughs> especially you know now that's not the early nineties. <laughs> yeah, I love because I'm a Giants fan, and I remember as a kid Super Bowl twenty twenty five. I still love saying, I still love messing with the with people from any friends of mine that are Bills fans. I'll say to them, if I if I give them directions, I'll say, yeah, wide right. <laughs> it's a wide right, guys. <laughs> All right, and uh, you know now that we got that uh, uh, some football out of the way, we talked some Jets, we talked some Giants. Um, let's jump into the second half of our program now. Let's break down some um, uh, some hockey right now, as the uh, Rangers and Islanders are both playing pretty well. Um, you know, our Rangers are coming off a, a, a three game winning streak. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Rangers so far? What have you seen that's impressed you so much? So far, I just feel like they've shown they've been able to get back from bad losses. They, I said it was going to be a slow start. Now Sunday night they're on a nice little streak, and that's a great thing. They, bravo to freaking uh, the Rangers on beating the Flyers. That we- I was in my seat that game. I do not like whenever one of my favorite teams plays against a team from Philly. I do not like losing to a team from Philly. Yeah, and, and that was just a, goal, a goalie matchup. And I was, I may have been singing a Rangers goal horn song very loudly when the Chris Kreider scored scored that goal. I was doing that, and I may, I may have. The drunkenly be be singing the Rangers. Uh... <laughs> that was such a good game yesterday. And you know what, though, I have to give uh, credit to not just to our Rangers, but I really have to give credit to one of my favorite Rangers head coaches, uh, John Tortorella, because you know it's unfortunate that he's not here anymore. hasn't been here for about a decade at this point, but um, you know he really because you have to look at this Philly roster. They really don't have much. Their their team, outside of Carter Hart, who uh, you know was their goalie, he, he's a, their number one goaltender. He played last night at the Garden against the Rangers, and um, really have to give a lot of credit to this uh, uh, coaching staff, specifically Tortorella, for what they did with um, Philly. Because one thing about Philly too is that they have not played defense in years. Philly's defense has been terrible for a long time and for them to come around and, and play defense and, and uh, you know, finish their hits and uh, you know, do exactly what they need. They're back checking really, really um, encouraging if you're a Flyers fan, but also it was a lot to overcome from our Rangers. I mean, they hit four posts last night uh, just uh, you know, they, they controlled the game the entire time. But the Flyers were just p- playing so good defensively, and Carter Hart played so well that the Rangers couldn't get anything through. Yep, that's what it felt like. Like, him and this freaking guy's saves on is over his head. Ugh, I'm gonna be not so happy if we lose this one. We uh, we pulled it off and we won, and I went nuts. I'm a uh, I'm holding up my dog my dog victoriously after seeing the. That after after the end of the game, so I was 
my mother was happy, of course. Of course, of course. But yeah, that was that was just such a that was just such an exhilarating win. No doubt about it. The Rangers needed that. And also very cool too that uh, you know, Igor still has not lost in regulation this year. He's off to a uh, really incredible start. Uh looking to defend that uh, Vezina trophy from last season as the best goalie in the league. Um, I got to say too, I'm, I've been very happy with how often Gallant has been running him out there because I, I don't like Halak and I don't trust Halak and who knows, maybe he'll have a couple of good games under his belt soon and um, maybe he'll gain our trust. But for me, you've got a 26 year old goalie, that is fantastic. Ride him. Run him out there as often as you can, right? Yep, exactly. Ride the hot hand. And if he needs a little rest later on, then maybe do that. But right now, you got to ride the hot hand. Get as many wins as you can right now at this point. It's no time to get to, to, to fall too deep behind. Slow start. Just go for it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm totally with you, man. And, uh, you know, right now there's a couple of guys, too, that have, that have stood out um, from the the Rangers uh, from a skater perspective. I mean, Mika Zibanejad and um, Artemi Panarin have both been on fire. They, they had a couple of quiet games, uh, you know, in, in the last week or so. But that Mika pass to Kreider that set up that, that goal, what a perfect pass right on the tape, and what a great Great job by Kreider. I mean, Kreider had an opportunity like that earlier in the game and got stopped. And then this time he decided to do the fake out and then backhanded it and beat him in overtime with just under a minute left. So uh, really, really uh, just a great start for the Rangers' top offensive players. I mean, it hasn't been as as hot for, for Kreider so far, but that goal was a great sign that he's starting to come out of it a little bit, right? Yep, that's the best way to describe it. And uh, it just looked like he was going to score that goal the moment that breakaway happened. I said, this is happening right now. And it happened. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right about that, man. And uh, the Rangers have another big test, too, on Thursday, which I really hope that Gallant stays with uh, uh, Shesterkin because they the Rangers are playing Boston on Thursday now. And Boston has just been on some freaking roll. They are 9-1. and one. They scored 45 goals, uh, or I believe over 45 goals over, and they're one of only four teams in NHL history to do that, to win nine of their first nine, uh, nine of their first 10 games and score 45 or more goals. So uh, there are only a handful of, of teams that have done that in the history of hockey. This Boston Bruins team is one of them. Um, you know, and I just got to give credit to them. They are a, uh, a very good team and it's going to be a big test for the Rangers facing them this Thursday, right? Yep. Good game. Nice little original six matchup. Also, I have to say one thing, shame on the, the NHL for this ESPN plus deal. Cause not everyone subscribes to it. It's going to be a lot of people that are going to be shut out of watching this game. And it's 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 a shame it's a shame that at least at least there's gonna be those fans that don't have ESPN Plus. Hopefully they'll be able to 
I meant the NHL app has the radio feeds of the game for free wherever you are. So you could always do it that way. And if you're in New York, you and if, you could also turn on your radio to 98.7, you know, ESPN radio and listen to the game. But that ESPN deal really sucks that people are going to be shut out of, of this original six matchup, by the way. You you are 100% right about that. Because the game... And- you know, and actually, me and you discussed this last week, uh, where we weren't too sure where you could see it. But actually, I I checked it out last week um, when I believe the Islanders were on there. Um, if if you have a Hulu subscription, then you can watch the game. Um, you know, I, I, Hulu, Disney, and ESPN. I think they're all under the same umbrella. So if you have a Hulu subscription you can actually watch that game. But I agree with you, man. It's terrible, especially you're putting such a, a big game on, um, you know, on a, a streaming service. It's just that they haven't made it work yet. I mean, even Thursday night football on Amazon is not that great. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think the, the only one that actually really worked their kinks out was uh, like we discussed earlier uh, on our show, how Apple TV kind of ended up figuring it out by the end of the season for MLB. But other than that, I don't want to see any of these games on any streaming services. Yeah, exactly. Also, I see another one that seemed to have not have any kinks. I don't know. I know I just watched it when the Mets were broadcast, when the Met game was on the streaming service. Uh, Peacock, they seem to there seemed to be hardly any lag when I saw that one game that was on Peacock. So I got to give credit. They, they seem to got, seem to handle whatever equipment or whatever it is. The, the broad, the broadcast looked great work functioned well, but that, that's still a shame that these games, they need to put these games on streaming services like this. It's not reaching more audiences. It's alienating people. No doubt about it. You, the, the only thing that it's it's bringing people to is listening to the radio broadcast, like you said. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I'm sure 98.7 ESPN radio, that radio feed, might have a nice little bump in the listeners that day. Yeah, no doubt about that, it. Because just, unless just, you have – what's that? Plus, it's not going to be a problem. I do have to say maybe it might not be such a problem for – some Ranger fans that live outside the New York area because they probably have an ESPN Plus subscription anyway. Because as we know, as you know, the NHL instead of running their own little out of out of market game streaming service, they outsourced it to ESPN Plus. So, which is so you're also pretty, ridiculous. So you're using ESPN Plus if you're watching an out of market game. If you're a fan of a team of an, in another city, so. I pretty much know some Ranger fans that live in that live in Florida, so that's how they're watching the game. Well, that's cool. I mean, at least you have that option, but it's still very annoying that they uh, that they have that on there. Um, you know, I wish that wasn't the case, but unfortunately, that's uh, that's what's going on. And you know, like we mentioned too, now our Rangers have been on a on a little hot streak. They got the Bruins coming up on the other side of town. The Islanders have been pretty hot too, actually. The Islanders have won four in a row. And, um, you know, they're, 
their goalie Sorokin's looking pretty good. Their defense is playing pretty well. You know, I really thought, and it's still early, so it right now really doesn't mean anything. But I really thought when the Islanders fired Barry Trotz, I thought that was it. I thought that was going to be just another bad move. Like, I thought it was a terrible move almost 20 years ago when the Islanders fired Peter LaViolette. I still don't understand why they did that. Um, And I thought that firing, um, you know, a a terrific coach like Trotz was going to be the downfall of of this Islanders team for at least the the short-term future. And uh, and hey, it, it looks like that this new coach they got in there is is keeping these guys together. He's keeping their uh, their defensive game in. I, I know he's he's a trots underling anyway, so you figure he was going to play the same defensive system. But uh, the Islanders look pretty good so far this season, right, Dan? Yeah, good. I'm I've been seeing a. I mean, I I have an I have an uncle who's an Islander fan, who's a huge Islander fan, so he looked he seems pretty happy. And at the, at the same time, I have a feeling it could be a very heated at some point in the playoffs if the Rangers and Owls meet in the playoffs. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a little heated for those couple of days. <laughs> no doubt about it, man. I thought it was gonna happen last year. This year has a really good shot because obviously we all know that the Rangers are primed and ready to get back in the playoffs where they uh, left off in Game Six of the Eastern Conference Final last year. And the Islanders were at the two previous Eastern Conference Finals before that, and they missed the playoffs last year. So you know that they are salivating, thinking about a chance to get back in there. So we got two pretty good New York hockey teams, and uh, that could definitely lead to a playoff, uh, a playoff berth. Uh, you know, one other thing I do want to give a tip of the cap to uh, Sorokin for them, Ilya Sorokin. He's been out of this world. Such a good goalie, and the Islanders should do what we've been saying with the Rangers and Chesterkin. Ride Sorokin. He's a young kid. He can do it. Don't put Varmalov in there. You don't need him in there. Right, Dan? Exactly. Ride the hot hand. That's all you can do. And speaking of riding the hot hand, too, before we move on from hockey, I also want – I know this is New York. You know, me and you talked a, a lot of New York sports. Um, you know, we'll do some of the bigger angles, too. But, uh, boy, I do want to give a, uh, a tip of the cap to the Devils as well, as the Devils have played great. They're actually in first place right now, believe it or not. And their goalie, Mackenzie Blackwood, is playing great. Jasper Bratt is playing great. Um, they're getting contributions from up and down their line. So maybe this will be the first time in in years. I think maybe 2006 or seven was the last time all three Metro hockey teams made the playoffs and it's possible we see that this year for the first time in a long time. Yeah, could could be. Hope hopefully think hopefully things a little bit be- end a little better because that was a heartbreaker that uh that that Eastern Conference final in twenty twelve. I remember. Oh, you got that right, man. You got that right. That was a uh, definitely a heartbreaker. I'll never forget Adam Henrique for that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know. We'll move on from hockey now as we're starting to come down to the end of the wire here. I, I do want to get your uh, opinion on a couple of things. Let's talk a little basketball for a minute here. Obviously, you know, me and you are Nick fans as uh, the, the Knicks are playing right now. They're leading at the half, um, uh, 65 to 57. So uh, the Knicks are, are looking pretty good so far tonight. Um, off to a, a pretty decent start. Um 
as uh, the Knicks are are currently um, taking on. Uh, who is it right now? They are taking on the Atlanta Hawks. That's who it is. I couldn't think of the freaking name. So they're playing the Hawks. They're up 65-57 at the half. Um, but, you know, the Knicks is still early on. We don't really have much to talk about them right now. I want to talk about the other team in town that we really don't talk about too much because they have a lot of crazy crap going on right now around them. As uh, right now, Kyrie Irving is in all kinds of hot water because of some anti-Semitic video that he retweeted. Which, to be honest, I, I can't really comment on it because I really didn't look in, in, in it too much. I'm just going to say that it's probably not a good thing that he's retweeting anti-Semitic things. So, you know, that's not a good thing that he's in hot water over that. Uh, Joe Sy, the owner, has come out and, and uh, you know, um, distanced himself and the team from that. So I guess that's a good thing. But then they also, in the same week, and maybe even the same day or two this was breaking, uh, they fired Steve Nash, their head coach, and supposedly Steve Nash wanted out, which the way this season's going for them and everything, I don't blame them. I think the Knicks, the, the Nets lost again yesterday, the Chicago Bulls. They fell to two and six. Kevin Durant and these guys must not be happy right now. This team is playing like crap. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Nets from the outside looking in? I just feel like this team is going to be probably going into another rebuild. Because I just feel like they've never quite gelled as people thought they would when they thought they had this big three, their super team. And, of course, coaches, it seems like the way sometimes when players and the coaches clash too much, it's usually never bars well. And times you see the coach get fired. So it's just mm-hmm. seems a lot of... Uh, I don't know, maybe not a lot of order or going on in the team. So it's just it's just all falling apart on them very quickly. So it, I would it really is. <laughs> surprise me they go into another rebuild. So do do you think that the end result of this is gonna be them trading Kevin uh Durant? I I would not su- be surprised if they do. What do you think happens with Kyrie? Do you think they suspend him? I I have a feeling full for for one thing. I've seen I've seen this story too much, not just in basketball, but a lot of other places. It's almost screaming suspension, if not for the whole year, a very lengthy suspension. And I feel there is rumors that they wanted to tra- that they've been trading Kyrie Irving. It's going to be hard for a team to want to accept Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I don't think that they're going to be able to trade him. I think they could trade Durant, and Durant's probably going to have to pick where he goes because you know he's got that, um, he's got that ability because he's such a big star. Um, and I'm not saying that Kyrie isn't a big star, but the fact of the matter is nobody's going to want Kyrie because of all this baggage. Um, he is really, and you know. Me and you backed up Kyrie with all the, uh, um, you know, the vaccine stuff. But, you know, to be honest, you know, you can't back him up on this. This is a completely different story. But uh, the, the fact of the matter is he has been nothing but a headache since the second he signed that contract for the Nets. And at this point, and did, did you see how he played last night? He actually ended up getting benched last night against the Bulls. I don't even, I don't, if he played in the second half, he didn't play much. I think he only had four points and five or six assists. 
Um, so, you know, at this point, I think he's a distraction. I don't think he's playing well. I, I think he's a distraction to the team. I think you should just suspend Kyrie. And I don't know if you saw it too, the, uh, the Nets already made their move for a head coach as they went and uh, made a deal with Boston to pick up Ime Udoka, their head coach, who is a, a well-respected head coach, or or at least well, um, you know, like everybody for the most part respects the fact that he is a great coach. However, his PR also isn't good because he has been serving a suspension for the full year levied on him by the Boston Celtics because of sexual harassment. So what are the Nets thinking bringing this character in here now too? Talk about bad PR nightmare. Genius, <laughs> all right? And this is and you're talking to someone who last year defended Kyrie Irving because yeah. that his decision on that matter should shouldn't be forced on anyone. Like I felt I, uh, I, I, I was, I wasn't saying that one way or the other was bad, was was bad, but I was saying that he had the right to be able to make the decision that he he wanted to, and it shouldn't have been forced on and punished for that that decision he made. But this, this, I do not condone what he what he did said. I I'm sorry, I cannot I cannot condone it, and uh, his his just his controversy. And this whole thing, they they hire a coach with this so uh, bad reputation. Eesh. Good luck getting free agents because of this. It seems very, very risky. And now, yeah. not only to, you're going to be fighting the press and the fans all year. Yeah, it's like, it's like, and I thought the Knicks were badly managed. <laughs> it's true. It's true, man. It's a very, very tough situation they got out there in Brooklyn right now. And I got to say, the Nets owner, Joe Sy brought it all on himself. Uh, you know, I really thought that, you know, the, the Knicks missed the, uh, you know, whatever you want to say, missed the bag, missed the plane. They missed everything when they got, when they didn't sign Kyrie and they didn't sign uh, Kevin Durant. But you know what? It looks like maybe the Knicks, the, the Knicks might've dodged a bullet because the Knicks have a pretty good young team right now around RJ Barrett. I'm a big fan of this Jalen Brunson kid they signed. And it looks like Julius Randall's finally starting to straighten himself out again. So I think right now the, the Knicks are much more, um, viable place to go and win and, and not deal with all the noise that you'd be doing if you're going with the Nets, right? Yeah, I feel the Knicks are building towards something bigger. Could be, could be potentially maybe. I don't want. I don't want to jump the gun, but maybe could we be seen in the next three years potentially confetti flying in the garden? <laughs> well, I think. Before we get to that point, there's still a couple of pieces they're going to have to add to this puzzle. But I agree with you that I think the Knicks are on the right track. I think Leon Rose is doing a good job pulling all the strings. Uh, you know, I think they have the the right coach and Tom Thibodeau there. And, um, I, you know, 
I don't know if my hopes for Julius Randle are are high long term. I, I I think you know we saw a crack in the foundation with that um, last last year, and um, maybe his immaturity had a part to do with that. Maybe he matured more over the last year because he's playing better. Uh, he he looks more like the Julius Randle from a couple of years ago now, and um, you know I I guess we'll have to just see how he reacts to that, right? Yep, exactly. Could be. Could be one of those days. Could, could it could be finally a time where I'm finally not uh, trying. It's so bad that um I end up going nostalgic and taking out my Sega Genesis and play that old school video game NBA Jam. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, you you're right about that. And the Knicks are doing good. I, I <laughs> that game. That's one of my favorite old school video games. It's just a great multiplayer game. That even people that didn't really follow basketball got were into it. It's it's just it's just a fun video game that was on from the from the Sega Genesis era or some of you in the rest of the world. I actually learned from a a friend of mine in Europe actually told me the Sega Genesis went by a different name everywhere else in the world. Everywhere yeah. else, everywhere else in the world, it was called the Mega Drive. So if you hear yeah. some a foreigner like anyone you know who's a foreigner. And they and you talk about a game, and they mention the Mega Drive. They're mentioning what we know as the Sega Genesis. Yeah, that's very true. Very true, man. Apparently, they called it the Genesis years because I heard they had, I heard Mega Drive was copyrighted already some some by someone else. That's what I heard. The reason why it was called Genesis here, but I also also with I I may I may have I may have also made made, made the jokes that I'm saying. Hopefully some Klingons don't ask me for my Genesis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. The, uh, the, the, what was it? The, uh, Genesis machine or the Genesis project? Genesis project. I think, I think I once That's... made, made a wisecrack with watching Star Trek three. I said, man, these Klingons must really want to play, play not video games for the nineties. <laughs> play a little Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and all right we're just about running out of time here now as uh we got uh just another minute or so left and uh dan before we get out of here you want to give yourself a plug sure i wouldn't give myself a plug i'm uh you can follow me on twitter at bobo 103 nyc also on instagram bobo 718 dk also daniel curlin on youtube for all, I got I got some content on there and even some uh some little funny sketches that I had that I have in the works that I kind of got inspired by by some stuff I some stuff I ad libbed on the on the Chip Chipperson show as you know how the Chip Chipperson show is I just thought it would just work some funny idea some stuff on the Chip Chipperson show gave me some funny ideas for some YouTube sketches that that even my co-host here uh, Rob invited to be a part of. Absolutely. I got I, that would be a lot of fun uh, being in any of those sketches, man. You know, I'm always down. And uh, just like Dan said, too, don't forget to keep an eye out for him on the Chip Chipperson podcast. If you're a Patreon subscriber, it'll be out this weekend. If not, it'll be out the following Sunday night. So uh, do yourself a favor and check it out because it's always a lot of fun whenever Dan is on Chip. Uh, always a lot of fun. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, I was on the show with Regret. You had, yeah, I was on with uh, Zach Amico and uh, 
and uh, I think her name was Chris Christine Berg. It's Aaron Berg's wife. Oh, really? He had Aaron Berg's wife on. That's pretty cool. He was on there, and of course, of course, you got Chippa's co-host Zia, who does who does a great job as Chippa's co-host. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Zia always does a great job. Uh, very cool that Christine Berg is on there. That that must be her first time. So really cool seeing her on there. And Zach Amico is a pro. One of the funniest guys out there. Very very funny seeing him on Chip. So if you get the opportunity, either subscribe to his Patreon and check that out, or you can check it out on YouTube. Subscribe to Chip. He's always got fun material coming out there. Uh, and also too, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can check me out at my last name Kramer and Y. And also check out uh, our um, our social media accounts for the show at Best Eat in the House uh, podcast on Instagram and at Sith underscore podcast on Twitter. So, um, yeah, so we're just about ready to get out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning in and, and hanging out with us again. Uh, we, we appreciate all the support, as always. And uh, for myself, Rob Kramer, and my co-host, Daniel Bobo Carlin, uh, this is Best Seat in the House podcast, and we'll catch you next week.